First rule of Burn Camp, you don't make fun of Burn Camp. I'm Kevin Leeson. Video games for pain relief? Is there anything they can't do? I'm Joe Fulgham. Pop quiz? I didn't expect the third degree. I'm Alan Newell. This may be our hottest episode yet. I'm Torn Atkinson, and this is Caustic Soda. It's the Caustic Soda Podcast! Yay! <laughs> It's time to set the mics up. It's time for Tales of Woe. It's time to take the red pill on the Caustic Soda Show. It's time to do our research, unless your name is Joe. It's time to load the wiki on the Caustic Soda Show. To introduce our guest star, that's what I'm here to do. So it makes me very hungry to introduce to you... Alan But now let's get things started. Why don't you get things started? It's time to get things started on the informational, aberrational, strangulational, nauseational, strapped in for the Caustic Soda Show! Burns! It burns! It burns! The burning! What's our topic today? I don't know. Burns? Uh, oh, yeah, that's what it is. And we have a special expert, Alan. Hi. Hey, Alan, what uh, what brings you to us? What are your bone fighties? I'm a 25-year firefighter. I did uh, my first few years as a military firefighter in Quebec. Transferred to Transport Canada as an aircraft firefighter. Did a number of years doing that. And then for the last 17 years, I've been a city firefighter here in the Lower Mainland. Okay, that sounds like good stuff. What would a firefighter know about burns? Nothing if we're doing it right. Oh, good. (laughs) So you're here because you're not a good firefighter. (laughs) Word origin for burn, a combination of the Old Norse brenna to burn or Mm -hmm. light, and two originally distinct Old English verbs, bernin to kindle and bjornin to be on fire. Ooh, and he is the fourth member of ABBA too. Bjornin? So scientifically... Uh-huh. Can you tell us how burns work? How they work? Well, yeah, burn, like on the flesh and that kind of stuff like that. Well, a burn is an injury, first and foremost. And it's uh, generally an injury that occurs to human tissue from one of four sources, either heat, chemical, electrical, or radiation. Are they all much the same effect? Well, there's different categories within, within burns. But um, I mean from the four different types? Yes, they'll generally result in one of the, the types of burns, right. one of the, the degrees of burns. The, the mechanism that causes it is different. In fact, that's how we first determine what's going on. Mechanism of injury. Is it a thermal burn? Is it a chemical burn? That sort of thing. But the result is a burn, mm-hmm. which is generally the tissue liberating moisture. Um, liberating. That's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> that sounds not harmful at all. It's, it's not that bad I'm at just, all uh, when you put it that my way. My skin just liberated some moisture. And then along with the liberation of moisture is the destruction of tissue. Now, we've all had burns. On the stove. Mm-hmm. Everyone's had a burn. Every, I mean, sunburn. One of Joe the bur- had a sunburn recently. I did. Pretty bad. I, as a matter of fact, parts of it are still showing. Oh. I can't, was that I can't remember my last bad burn. What about you, Kevin? One of the worst burns I ever got in my whole life was actually in Woodworking 8. And I was oh. cutting a piece of dowel with, like, with a jeweler saw. 
which probably wasn't the right one. It was like the super wrong tool for the job. Wrong tool for the job. It was a super thin blade, and I had to just give her to get the uh, to get through the wood. And it took me like five minutes of constant sawing, and my forearms were sore. And then uh, I went to put it down, and I like kind of touched my other hand to it, like I, from one hand to the other, and touched the blade. And it gave me this super thin burn on like two of my fingertips that like blistered and stayed for. I'm not even joking. A couple of months, like it was mm, painful to the burn. touch. You know, I could feel it. I, like I lost kind of sensation in the fingertip, okay. like right where the burn happened. It was brutal. Uh, it blistered instantly. Okay, like my finger kind of stuck to it. Yeah, it was awful. What about you, Alan? Yeah, I have. He's uh, a firefighter. <laughs> <laughs> Again, if you're doing it right, no, I uh, I got a pretty good burn uh, training fire a few years back. Space between uh, the sleeve of my coat and my glove pulled open. So oh, my okay. wrist was exposed Ooh. just as we opened the nozzle and, and fired the water in and the steam got me. Oh, I and see. just like you said, within two seconds, I had blisters like you wouldn't believe. Uh, nice little design where my watch band was. Right. And it took, like you said, months. And I mean, we had copious quantities of water with us right there to just yeah. begin flushing it. I don't think yours sounds as bad as mine does. Mine was probably <laughs> worse. It hurt a lot. <laughs> Well, let, before we get into the degrees of burns, let's okay. start that section off with a little pop quiz. All right, okay. We'll see who knows what about, All right. about burns. So I've got the, a list may, here. This is maybe more like a crackle quiz. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I've got a list, and there's layers involved, the appearance of the burn, the time of healing and complications. So okay. I'll just throw them at you randomly. Okay, a firefighter yeah. goes last. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, under complications, scarring, Contractures may require excision and skin grafting. Oh, oh I know this what's one. A, I know this what's one. A contracture? Contracture, that's where the skin starts pulling, like tightening up. Is that what it is? No, the, the contracture. Tissue. The, the tissue, yeah. The contracture is where the lawyers get involved. That gonna, just happens anyway. I'm going to guess that's second degree. I don't. Yeah, that sounds like second degree. I'm thinking, whether you, depending on whether you're using third or fourth degree on your chart, uh -huh. I would say fourth degree. It's actually second degree. Second? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't see it on the podcast, but my arms are up in the air <laughs> in, victory, <laughs> in the victory pose. I'm doing a, a victory lap in my brain. It's not to say that scarring, contractures, and skin grafting couldn't occur from anything up past right. second degree. Right. right, but it begins at second degree. So, hold on. Is first degree the least serious and fourth degree the most serious? Yes. Correct. Okay. All right. Just want to put that. It's not like murder. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need a, a standardized degree, aren't we? Yeah, no kidding. That is funny. All right. Under layer involved, extends into deep reticular dermis. I'm going to go third degree on this one because reticular sounds serious. Well, if it's serious, I think that means it's worse than second. So that's first because it's deep, right? Yeah, no, I'm going to say first. No, but first is, is we just established. First is superficial. Least. Oh, you said first is superficial? Yeah, yeah. It's the opposite to murder. I was not listening to Kevin. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise. Uh, you can't use the internet. Are we going up to... F no, no. <laughs> <laughs> are we going up to fourth with this? Like, uh, how big yes. is this scale? Uh, I'm going to say that's fourth then. I'm going to say third. That is second degree again. I fooled oh, you all by oh, doing the same degree. Reticular. So reticular is kind of, must just be like sort of the subdermal layer. Then. I think it's the lower layer of yeah. the dermis, which is the right. second layer of skin. Okay. All right. Bring it. Now I'm ready. Now I'm so ready. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, Second degree. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I'm having good luck with third. I'm going to stay with that. <laughs> Layer involved again. Uh -huh. Epidermis. First. Well, yeah. Sorry. First <laughs> I had to get one. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Time to healing. Two to three weeks. 
because hmm, I have personal experience of not like not being completely healed right. for months with a second degree. How long did your sunburn take to heal? It's never healed. Like two to three weeks? Months, actually. It was a really bad one. Yeah, can you see the the yep. darkening there? Did that, you blister? That's it. Did yeah. you blister? Oh, yeah, that was a second degree burn. A, a little, but yeah. yeah, not much. I'm going to go with first degree. First degree. Yeah, I agree. Second degree. Oh, okay. oh. First degree is one week or less. They must have a different definition of healing. Like when I when I say healing, it's like when I no longer see or feel any effect. They must just be, you know, you probably have that kind of that pinkish hue, but you're not damaged any longer. Well, this is from Wikipedia, so <laughs> anything could happen. <laughs> Under complications, mm-hmm. amputation, significant functional impairment, possible gangrene, and in some cases, death. I'm going to go way out on a limb here and say fourth degree. I'm going to wonder yeah. if four is even worse. So maybe three is possible death. I don't, I'm going to say three just to be different. Okay. And think that maybe there's going to be I'm going to go with four. That. Okay. Four is the correct answer. All right. All right. Uh, under appearance, red with clear blister, blanches with pressure. Uh, red with clear blister, blanches. I'm going to go, that sounds like a first degree. I'm going to say second again. Second. Second is correct. Uh, that's, that's exactly what my blister looked like when, when <laughs> Alan here gave it a second degree <laughs> definition. I should have like known that intuitively. Last one. Layer involved. Extends through skin, subcutaneous tissue, and into underlying muscle and bone. Uh, third. Yeah, I'm going to go third as well. Fourth. Fourth. Oh. That's where, that's where you get so, actual charring and blackening. So what is third oh. then? Because we haven't had any thirds. Third, a layer involved would be extends through entire dermis, uh-huh. appearance stiff and white or brown, texture dry and leathery, sensation is painless. That's where the painless starts. Uh-huh. Everything before that is painful uh-huh. and requires excision for, to heal and complications is scarring, contractures, and amputation. So Jack Palance was like the human third degree burn. Yeah. It's kind of yes. brown and leathery. <laughs> exactly. I know. That's why his nickname was Bernie. <laughs> so let's talk about then the rule of nines. What is that? The rule of nines is the um, <clears throat> a quick, uh, almost like a rule of thumb for determining how much of an adult or child's body has been burned. Okay. The surface area of the body. Ooh, I've heard of this. It's based on nine. Hence okay. the rule of nines. Yeah, all right. Uh, and it, it breaks the body down into sections that make up percentages of the human body. So for an adult, the front of your head is 4.5%. The back of your head is 4.5%. Well, the front of your head, you mean in your face? Your face, right up to about the side of your ears. Okay, yeah, all right. That's about 4.5%. Okay. Back of your head, 4.5%. That's a total of 9%. That's a total of math. 9%. <laughs> the uh, chest and part of the upper abdomen, 9%. The back, 9%. Right. Each arm, 9%. And then your legs, 9% on the front, 9% on the back. That gives you a total of 99%, 1% for the genitals. <laughs> That's well, a good rule for critical hit tables for all you gamers yeah. out there. I, I am a total... Say, 1% really? I mean, maybe that works for you guys. I, I got to go to like one and a half. <laughs> this yeah, is, your testicle sack is huge. It's, you know, it drops down pretty low. <laughs> this is definitely that movement you do not want to be called a one percenter in. But when you're rolling that percentile dice on the critical hit table, is the zero one, one percent going to be zero one or the zero zero? zero. I think yeah. zero zero makes it the, the worst critical hit. Yeah. <laughs> like that, the fight would be over. You just don't want to get to the hospital have them say this only adds up to ninety nine percent. I don't. Uh... <laughs> do I get points because mine's one and a half percent? Like, do I get some kind of benefit from that drawback? Well, actually, no. I know what that benefit is. Never mind. Uh are we done with that session? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to plumb any more humor out of that than we already did. Oh, we could go. <laughs> and uh, what is debridement? 
Debridement. Ooh. It actually takes place. That, that was that scene in Kill Bill. The Debridement? Yeah, that scene in the church. <laughs> it's uh, Debridement is actually a medical process. It takes place after firefighters see the patient. It's it's quite a bit down the road. And it's the removal of necrotized flesh right. from a healing burn. If you've had the misfortune, there is a, a YouTube video very very explicit of a debridement of a person's hand this sounds like a youtube video that i do not want to see uh, debridement can be simply using tweezers to pick the flesh off right uh there can be sluicing using a variety of (sighs) chemicals yeah. Is there any is there any point in time where you like to hear the word sluicing? That is not a word that I can think of a positive I can think of my for. hot fudge sluicing off of my ice cream. Well, you, you wouldn't, I don't think, use the term sluicing. <laughs> but you would want it to stay on the ice cream. Yeah. That way you're, you're losing <laughs> hot fudge. That's true. That's true. It's going everywhere, Correct. but there in is your no mouth. positive use of the word sluicing. <laughs> Now, the good thing is it's done under anesthetic. Um, right. You know, not that long ago, they would give you a couple of T3s and start in on it. Yeah. Now it's generally done under general anesthetic. Can I watch the YouTube under anesthetic? Because I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just bonk yourself over the head before you watch this video. It'll make it go by a lot easier. Now, obviously, when we do find this video and check it out, uh, we'll be posting it on the website, causticsodapodcast.com. If you plug third degree or fourth degree burn into Google image, you're going to ruin your day. <laughs> oh, here we go. Pulling off the skin. Oh, it's like you got a sunburn. Oh, it's okay. So it's like a, yeah, it's just like you peeling off the dead skin off your you're, sunburn. Oh, yeah. Wow. But you'll notice that's uh, that's the whole epidermis they're taking oh, off. So yeah. This is, this is an extreme case of sunburn. <laughs> It kind of reminds oh. me of kind of reminds me of pulled pork. Oh, I was gonna have pulled pork for dinner. Now you're oh, ruining it. Oh, now he's going to the pink. No, oh, okay, oh, the pink is. Oh, yeah. The pulling off of the dead brownie gray stuff it, that reminds you of pulling, you know, peeling off yeah. your sunburn, and you're like, "Ow, oh, that would hurt, and it looks gross." And then when you started picking at the pink, that reminds you of I nerve wonder. endings. I'm just concerned that if you look at the video, it looks like they're in somebody's bathroom. Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. It doesn't look like this is a medical clinic. and uh, Medical that... clinics have bathrooms, too. Yeah, but with that kind of tap, like, that is yeah. not a safe to touch with your hands all scrubbed. No. And there's there's a box just next to them that <laughs> says... Like, oh, this is kind of... I'm going to have to pull out these little tiny scissors to cut this exceptionally hard to rip off piece of skin. <laughs> so I guess you just want to take all this stuff off so it doesn't get infected, or...? Well, it's dead tissue. Yeah. Yeah. So it has to be removed to let the tissue that's underneath begin to to heal. And it's it's just one of the many painful processes people that have been burned have to go through for right. treatment. There's uh, there's nothing that's going to feel good. I have a description here on death by burning. Okay. A living victim of fire will suffer first, second, or third degree burns, the slightest of which causes pain, redness, and swelling, and the more severe of which extends into the deepest muscle tissues, causing the skin to blister and eventually char. The pain is excruciating, and it continues until the internal organs begin to liquefy, death finally occurring either by the layers of your body literally burning away bit by bit, or your brain shutting the body down because it can no longer function in the intense heat. If a fire is large enough, lucky victims actually die of carbon monoxide poisoning before the flames ever reach them. Most people actually killed in in house fires die from asphyxiation before the flames get to them. You get caught on fire in the middle of a nice open plain and you're not going to run out of oxygen and you're just going to burn like that monk. Well, I'm guessing that this wasn't necessarily the case in a fire like at 9-11 because all those people were jumping from the windows to get away from the flames, right? 
So that might have been an example where it was a lot more fire and heat than smoke. Right. I have something from Brook Army Medical Center, the Defense Department's only burn center in the U.S. Okay. Doctors there have treated more than 450 patients with severe burn injuries from the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. When burn victims arrive, they are cleaned in a process called debridement to remove any blisters or dead skin. Mm -hmm. Once the patient is in stable condition, they head into the operating room where doctors cut away dead tissue to prevent infection. Then exposed areas are covered with skin grafts. Without skin, burn patients cannot maintain their core body temperatures, so patients' rooms and the operating room are kept between 90 and 100 degrees. Wow. The medical staff must require some serious, like, rehydration. Yeah, like, I know. They must all be on, like, IV drips themselves, right? The center uses two freezers at a ti- as a tissue bank. Grafts are taken from the patient if there is enough unburned tissue. If not, they use synthetic skin, pig skin, or skin from cadavers. Sometimes epicells are grown in the lab from biopsies of the patient's skin. <laughs> skin farm. Uh, it sounds like it should be have something to do with porno, but... Uh... Skin farm? Yeah. <laughs> One of the stories I will talk about during the news section mentions the uh, a guy who was burned in Afghanistan. And to get more skin from him, they surgically implanted these little plastic things under his skin that would force his skin to stretch out. Oh. And that would force his skin right. to pull apart right. and grow new skin cells. And then they would go in and harvest all that and put them on different parts of his body. Accelerated skin growth. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned the the risk of infection. Your skin's function, aside from holding a giant bag of mostly (laughs) water together, (laughs) is to, it's our barrier from infection. Yeah. So when you open that up, everything's wide open. Yeah, nasty bugs can get in there. You know, if you believe the germ theory of disease. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess skin skin graft is just, you take a piece of skin from another piece of place in your body yeah and put it over the burn area and then it will like reattach and but grow. then what about the part that they took it from well you're only taking the epidermis okay it's like basically sod it re-sodding your lawn right there's a part that died your language then, like, pal <laughs> i just don't see that giant truck coming down your street trying to get around the corner to drop off your skin <laughs> well should we go into some old-timey remedies then yeah and make uh, fun yeah. of ignorant people of the past <laughs> our traditional caustic soda segment <laughs> i do love this part <laughs> It is one of my all-time favorites. I sit here and I put myself in their shoes and think to myself, how can they ever have thought this would work? Thanks to our intern, Karen Whitmire, for bringing these to our attention. Mm -hmm. Uh, Burn salve. This recipe has been passed down through the Hovey, Clark, and Hardy families since the 1860s. Mm, You know those guys, don't you? Yeah. mm -hmm. This salve is reported to be very effective in healing of burns. One teaful of lard, one teacup of mutton tallow, one teacup of olive oil, beeswax the size of an egg, Resin the size of an egg, mm-hmm. one teaspoon of carbolic acid. Does anyone know what that is? Coal tar. It's phenol or phenic acid. It's from coal tar, but it isn't. So it's a coal tar, tar derivative. Yeah. It was once used widely as an antiseptic, especially in carbolic soap. Dissolve all ingredients on the stove except the olive oil and carbolic acid, which you add upon removing from the heat. Mix well and store in a jar. Does it sound like something like this might work? I'm thinking it, it, it might sting a bit mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. The, uh, the acid in it. But um, it's funny you mention that. One of the not-so-old remedies for burns that's still used by a lot of people is putting butter on a burn yeah. mm-hmm. or olive oil or egg whites. Right. You don't want to do that. It's because often a burn is you don't want to do it because it's ineffective, or you don't want to do it because it will actually make the problem worse. It's going to make it worse because just because you move your fingers from the source of heat, 
doesn't stop the burning. It's still continuing to burn. I mean, there's been a transfer of the electrical uh, energy into your, your hand or, or mm. wherever mm-hmm. you burn, and your cells are accelerated. And that doesn't stop right away by moving your finger. If you run it under cold water, you drain away that heat. Mm-hmm. If you immediately slather butter or oil on top of it, it traps that heat inside and continues to make the burn oh. deepen. So you can actually turn a first-degree burn into a second-degree burn or a second into a third just by trapping the heat So you kind of like, you put butter and oil on it, you kind of deep fry your own skin. You're deep frying your own skin. Yeah. And then, of course, then you're, you're putting food on it, which is going to infect it. But we can agree that it makes it more delicious. <laughs> we can all agree to that. We flashback to our cannibal episode for... <laughs> To complete the circle on that one. Then I have another one from legendsofamerica.com. Go to the lot and make a calf get up and defecate. Put the feces <laughs> put the feces in a flour sack and cover the burn with it. Leave it on until the next morning. How, how do you make the calf defecate? <laughs> I think that doesn't go into that much detail. They just kind of wait. Wait so, for a while. <laughs> hot calf poop to cure a burn? How is this supposed to work? I, I don't get it. Wait, yeah, this, I, is, this is exactly what I was talking about. What's the theory behind this? And why did anybody go, oh, yeah, this is a good idea? Yeah, the other one, you know, it hmm. seemed like you've got a burn. You want to put something soothing and, and, and oily onto this dried out thing. Mm-hmm. And the carbolic acid is, is an antiseptic. And maybe it makes it feel like it's working. Those, those ones make sense, even though, uh, yeah. as he said, probably not a good idea. Theoretically, but they this sound one, great. Uh, l- uh, like you said, it's keeping out infection. Let's put some shit on it. <laughs> Well, maybe it was devised by the uh, calf poop concern of America. <laughs> oh, it's, uh, the, the to big, try to get more uses out of their calf poop. The big calf poop lobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, the, yeah. the CPAA. There are a lot of cultures where animal dung is used for a variety of things. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all over the place. It, so why it not? is. Build, build houses out of it. It's all about uh, value. Maybe it was all they had left that they could afford to put on it. <laughs> well, we have a surplus. Look, you want us to do something? All I got is this calf shit. But I can put it in a bag for you first. Yeah. yeah. How's that sound? I guess it won't be direct contact. Yeah. Well, maybe that's where that saying, just rub some dirt on it, came from. I've never heard that saying. you never heard that saying? Where were you raised? Yeah. No, when you play (laughs) sports and you like kind of sprain something and then you go, oh, just rub some dirt on it. Like It's it's, not a euphemism? Well, it's a a euphemism for just walk it off like you're being a wuss, right? It's in the movie Johnny Be Good. Oh, well, there you go. Mm. I broke my dick, coach. Rub some dirt on it. Let's get into the gruesome and gross burning at the stake. Joan of Arc. In medieval times, burning at the stake was popular in Catholic and Protestant lands. There were three methods of burning at the stake. Uh, okay, I'm going to go with there was a stake and some burning involved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's method number one. Uh-huh. Uh, in the first method, burning wood was piled around a stake, driven into the earth. The prisoner hung from the stake from chains or iron hoops. Provided by the Iron Hoop Consortium. <laughs> yep. Oh, all these like lobbying concerns. A subdivision of the calf poop. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. CPAA has folded them into their organization, the mm-hmm. Calf Poop Association of America. Oh, and they get them coming and going because you burn somebody at the stake and then you cure their burns with calf poop. Exactly. Get both ends of the equation. It's, it's an artificial inflation of the marketplace. Mm-hmm. In the second method, popular in punishing witches, the prisoner again hung from a stake, but this time the wood was piled high around the victim so the observers could not see her pain and suffering as she burned. Oh, that must not have been popular with the crowds. Mm. What is this? Why would you want to do that? In the third method, popular in Germany, uh, the victim was tied to a ladder which was tied to a frame above the fire. The ladder was was then swung down into the flames. 
So like they wait till it got all nice and high and crackly, and then would like kind of dip her into the fire. Yeah, I guess so. It would okay. be faster via ladder. It would be faster, but the enjoyment of watching it, it would be like a movie that just all of a sudden becomes action, <laughs> as opposed to has some nice ups yeah, and downs yeah. to it. Yeah, you want a beginning, so, a middle, and an end. Straight yeah. to the yeah. straight to the denouement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't want to go straight to the sex. Uh, in some cases, law required the victims be strangled before burning at the stake, but many victims were deliberately burned alive. Uh, this violence used as both punishment and warning. Don't do this thing that actually isn't real. <laughs> yeah. Or we'll burn you. Uh, originally, burning at the stake was primarily used for women convicted of treason. Men convicted of treason were hanged, drawn, and quartered. Mm-hmm. Later, burning at the stake became a popular punishment for men and women accused of heresy or witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the 16th and 17th centuries, as many as 200,000 people were burned at the stake for witchcraft. 200,000? Because burning was believed to cleanse the soul. So they're burning them for something imaginary, and they think it's okay because something imaginary is getting cleaned by the fire. Uh, and that's very humane. Yes. Very yeah. humane. Awesome. The real being affected by the imaginary. Imagine that. Which which person is it that created the soul cleansometer that can like measure <laughs> how clean your soul? You know, that you, could be you. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Kevin, your soul is quite clean today. No, I'm pretty sure they got that in Scientology, don't they? You, like, hold the thing. The and it tells you, Yeah. Yeah. Well, the more 9% of your body that are burned, the cleaner your soul is. I, I just don't know how people find it cleansing. I mean, anytime I've been to a fire, you come out, you're absolutely filthy. <laughs> That's true. I, there's, there's nothing cleansing about fire you, whatsoever. You didn't get hot enough. I didn't. The fire is cleaning all of that, like, filthy human flesh away from your, you know. That's right. <laughs> it's in there somewhere. Yeah. We'll burn our way through to it. <laughs> yeah. To get right to the the the, uh, the chestnut at the middle of our soul. During the Spanish Inquisition, burning at the stake was a popular choice uh, for punishment since it did not spill the victim's blood. The Roman Catholic Church forbade this. I have to wonder who it's popular to whom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Burning meant the victim would have no body to take into the afterlife. Hey, I just got back from the afterlife. Check this out. Burn people are just hanging around with no bodies. Yeah. So if you want to screw people, burn them. You go straight to the humping in heaven? Screw them over, not have sex with them. <laughs> oh, that is that is most people's defense, idea of. Heaven. In my defense, that statement did come from Joe. Around the stake, a pile was prepared, composed of alternate layers of straw and wood, and rising to about the height of a man. Care was taken to leave a free space around the stake for the victim, and also a passage by which to lead him to it. Having been stripped of his clothes and dressed in a shirt smeared with sulfur. He had to walk to the center of the pile through a narrow opening and was then tightly bound to the stake with ropes and chains. After this, faggots and straw were thrown into the empty space through which he had passed until he was entirely covered by them. The pile was then fired on all sides at once. If the fire was big enough, death occurred first by asphyxia rather than damage done by the flames. However, this was a known fact, and the victims were usually burned in a smaller fire so they would, quote, suffer until the end. End quote. Families would bribe the executioners to use green wood, right. which produced more smoke, mm. which would help their family members suffocate quicker right, before rather than suffer the agonies of mm. burning. A little tip for our listeners. <laughs> but kindness and generosity. You know, there's some other kind of green you could put in there that might make the dying a little more pleasurable yeah, as I well. I guess so. Burn this up. <laughs> so how long does it take? I guess it was dependent on the quantity of smoke, but how long does it usually take to die of asphyxiation? Asphyxiation? Versus, because I know dying from burns can be hours and hours. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it depends on a variety of things, on the health of the individual and, and that sort of thing. I imagine if you're tied to a stake, they haven't been treating you very well for a few mm-hmm. days leading up to it. 
but about three minutes, you're going to start having, you, you'll be unconscious and, and experiencing okay. irreversible brain damage. So about three minutes. Better than burning for hours. I hear There that. was also um, techniques they could use to actually deliberately slow down the speed even more so. We'll probably talk about it later, but Jacques de Molay. Let's was, get into him now. He, well, he was the uh, grandmaster of the Templars. And he was, for his crimes uh, that he was accused of, he was slow burned along with a number of his advisors. Slow burned? Slow burned. Well, what were his crimes? He was successful. I think that's generally... As a card-carrying assassin, he was a Templar, and he deserved his death, and anybody who plays Assassin's Creed knows what I'm talking about. Mm. Well, he owed a lot of money to no, some king? He was owed a lot of money oh, okay. by Philip IV oh. of France. Philip IV of France. Uh, Templars uh, were international bankers oh, at okay. the time. Um, as this well in as like the 13th century? The order was shut down in 1307. Okay. Shut down, meaning they were all seized. Most of them were burned, forced to recant. Uh, they were accused of a variety of heinous heresies. I guess that's. I'll right allow term. that. Heinous <laughs> heresies, everything from you know spitting or urinating on the cross, right on up. So, but uh, weren't Templars supposed to be like holy knights? They were. They and the orders of the Hospitallers were uh, the people that actually were among the first firefighters. They, oh, they were like crusaders. Like they always went to the Holy Land to like fight heathens. But the Pope didn't like them. Well, the, the Templars they were formed to protect pilgrims on the pilgrim trails in the Holy Land. Mm -hmm. And the, the Pope knew they were extraordinarily popular, extraordinarily powerful. Oh, okay. Philip IV owed them a lot of money. They owned property from London in uh, the United Kingdom down to the Holy Land, castles, hospitals, islands. So they became kind of a victim of their own success. Exactly. That's, that's how a lot of historians perceive it. So they were sold out, captured uh, on Friday the 13th in 1307. I can't Ooh. remember which month it was. De Molay was uh, imprisoned, held for seven years, recanted, and then when uh, they let off the thumbscrews, basically he de-recanted. Um, he re-recanted. He, he re-recanted. Disrecanted? No, Derecanted? <laughs> Unrecanted? He, he, uh, he was to be executed. He chose to be uh, burned at the stake on an island uh, in the Seine facing Notre Dame Cathedral. That's a strange and choice. What were his other options, I wonder? <laughs> facing away from it? <laughs> And he and uh, a number of his advisors that were with him were slowly burned. Now, What's the technique for slow burning? Yeah. Well, I would assume... Uh, like I know how to roast a pig slowly, but... Well, I don't think he was on a spit, right. but no. uh, I would imagine it would be... The wood would be further away, that sort of thing. So you, 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 keep, get the... you keep the heat, but you don't have it quite as extreme. Right. Right. So but enough to kill you. Enough to kill you. But in a, in a very long, drawn-out process. Excruciating. Yeah. It's uh, a science. It seems that they did it in order to try to get him to recant again. Mm -hmm. Gave him a chance, like, while he was burning. Come on, admit it, and we'll just kill you quick. So and to, he refused. To un-unrecant. I can't keep track of all the canting and recanting <laughs> now. He maybe he yelled out, I can't recant. And then and they got confused. Did he just recant, or did he... Uh, Should we stop the burning? Is it, somebody... <laughs> Put it. Uh, forget it. It's already late. started. It's too late. <laughs> Everybody's here. <laughs> so, what about self-immolation? Those are the uh, the Buddhist monks in Vietnam used to light themselves on fire, didn't they? Very famous footage. Yeah. yeah, in protest against the war. So there were a bunch of Buddhist monks in Vietnam. So Rage Against the Machine, their self-titled album Rage Against the Machine, has an image of one of these monks who's lit himself on fire. The stoicism of someone who can sit there. Yeah. 
unflinching amongst all the horrible horrible pain yeah possibly one of the most horrible pains that you can experience yeah because i i mean i've seen the video footage of this stuff too and they just like they don't even move like they just me sitting cross-legged sitting cross-legged engulfed in flame and just like you said the stoicism is unbelievable it's uncanny uh so that monk his name was try to get this right tick kwan duk and he did that on June 11th, 1963. What was he protesting exactly? The Vietnam War. Yeah, he did it right in the middle of a busy intersection. Well, if you're going to do it, you're not going to do it like in the privacy of your own home, right? You know, there's not much point in doing it unless you're... Makes a different right statement. That's ...in the middle sure. of town. Did he succeed in stopping the war? In 1963? Unfortunately no. not. They had 10 more years. They, they pulled out in 73. His last words uh, before his self-immolation were documented in a letter that he left, uh, which said... Before closing my eyes and moving towards the vision of the Buddha, I respectfully plead to Pre- President Ngo Dinh Diem to take a mind of compassion towards the people of the nation and implement religious equality to maintain the strength of the homeland eternally. I call the venerables, reverends, members of the Sangha, and the lay Buddhists to organize in solidarity to make sacrifices to protect Buddhism. Oh, so it was a religious freedom thing. It was a religious religious freedom freedom thing. thing. Okay. The part there where it mentions the police tried to reach him but couldn't break through a circle of Buddhist clergy that were erected around him. Oh. To keep them from putting him out. Yeah, Yeah. this was not a... He was walking around downtown with a five-gallon jug of gas and, oh, I think I'll do this. This was absolutely planned out. They, They let... Uh, reporters know that something important was going to happen. Well, of course, so that they could get the, the I mean, this photo wouldn't exist without it, right? Yeah. And a friend of his emptied the contents of the gasoline container over his head. Do we know why the five people in Tiananmen Square in the year 2001 set themselves on fire? Hmm. 2001? 2001. Yeah, well, after the Tiananmen Square protests. Uh, 23rd January 2001, it was another monk. Uh... Falun Gong. Protest unfair treatment of Falun Gong. Okay. The Tiananmen Square self-immolation incident took place in Tiananmen Square in central Beijing uh, on the eve of Chinese New Year on 23rd of January 2001. The incident is disputed. The official Chinese press agency, Xinhua News Agency, stated that five members of Falun Gong, a banned spiritual movement, set themselves on fire to protest the unfair treatment of Falun Gong by the Chinese government. Uh, However, the Falun Dafa Information Center stated the incident was a hoax staged by the Chinese government to turn public opinion against the group and to justify the torture and imprisonment of its practitioners. That sounds convoluted and just contradicting itself. They point out that Falun Gong teaches explicitly forbid killing and violence, including suicide. Right. But so does Buddhism, right? Buddhism is completely anti-violence and you got a Buddhist monk lighting himself on fire. Anti-violent, but they do believe in reincarnation. Mm, That's true. But people definitely self-immolated. It's just the reasons as to why are unclear and disputed by various sources. It's kind of hard to fake, yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're totally going to fool them. You're a police officer, but you're going to pretend to be Falun Gong, and then you're going to set yourself on fire, and we're totally going to screw them over. Okay, I get it. Yeah, I'm in. Maybe the Chinese government set the whole thing up and lit a bunch of Falun Gong on fire <laughs> and said, hey, they did it to themselves. But I think if you set someone on fire, they run around. If you self-immolate, you sit down. You're supposed yeah. to stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I have my list of... Uh, That's only if you want to be put Just out. a few points I have to drop in here while I'm here today. <laughs> yeah, sure. By all means. <laughs> so it's hard to find out what exactly went on here, mm-hmm. uh, what the truth is. There are a lot of questionable things about it, which doesn't mean it wasn't Falun Gong. Doesn't seems mean it was. Like it, well, it seems like it wasn't. Yeah. But I don't know what it was. Because everyone's claiming something else in the news agencies, blaming it on one person or another. But at least one person definitely perished from the self-immolation, dying uh, at the scene, Liu Chunling. 
And many, her 12-year-old daughter may or may not have died in the hospital two months later. And how many people actually lived themselves on fire? Uh, seven people made the attempt. Two people were stopped from doing it. So five. So five actual fire starters. And today... There is still self-immolation, mostly in uh, in Afghanistan, at women who are shamed and... They're also getting acid thrown in their faces by men, Yeah, which yeah. would be burning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, forced marriages, Chemical abuse, burns. family shame. Well, in that same part of the world, too, there's uh, some cultures that, even though they don't demand it, like it's a, it's not like lawful or whatever, but there's sort of this cultural expectation that women will throw themselves on the funeral pyres of their husbands right. if they right. die Widows. before they do. Right. Yeah. So that sort of, and then I, I remember reading one story uh, quite a few years ago about a woman who refused to throw herself on her funeral pyres. So her like in-laws picked her up and threw her on the fire themselves. Oy. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that. going. Oh, on in-laws. Close family. Should we do a lesser of two evils now or later? All right, let's do it. So I think we know what the uh, one half of the lesser two evils will be. Of course we do. One half is a touch an incredibly hot jeweler saw, right? And get that blister on the tips of your fingers. That's one of them. What's the other That's one? That's one end of the scale. Yeah. <sighs> uh, well, I guess we should define what kind of a burn we're talking about. Are, you talking, are we talking about it's super crazy bad? Like are we talking yeah. third degree burns? Are we talking fourth degree burns? So I think I think we have to decide what the counterpoint is, and then that will dictate what degree of burn we're talking about. So we talked about quackery, mm-hmm. uh, mercury poisoning on the quackery episode. So this is the poison that just makes you really fast. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> if you, you drink uh, Quicksilver, uh-huh. you become you can... the winged messenger of the gods. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> All right. I will take this one. No. But, but you can it? have acute mercury poisoning, or you can have chronic mercury poisoning. What are the symptoms of chronic mercury poisoning? There's a lot. Look at impairment of peripheral vision, disturbances in sensations, uh, pins and needles using the hands, feet, and around the mouth, lack of coordination of movements, impairment of speech, hearing, walking, muscle weakness, tremors, emotional changes, uh, mood swings, irritability, nervousness, excessive shyness, uh, weakness, muscle atrophy, twitching, headaches, performance deficits in cognitive function, and of course. It can also lead to death. That does actually make it interesting because while the physical symptoms of mercury poisoning are are less less severe than than the burning, there are mental ones. Yeah, that exactly. change how you think. And the only reason you change how you think when you're burned is you're like thinking, "I am burned." Well, I don't know if that's <laughs> there's tremendous psychological trauma too. Yeah, we well, have that, burn camps about. every summer. The kids attend burn right. camps. Burn camps. The Canadian uh, British Columbia Association of Professional Firefighters have a burn camp every summer, um, and young children that have been significantly burned okay. attend, and they have the opportunity to play with other kids without the stigma of "I'm burned" and "You're, you're not. not." I'm guessing they don't build a lot of campfires. Oh. oh, the roasting of the marshmallows. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe not so much. They just hand it. Oh, I can't. No, <laughs> it's I, too gruesome. I can't. I can't make fun of burned kids. I can. You're That's right. You and I differ, Joe. Joe. All right, now we know who the biggest asshole is, and we're all surprised by the answer. <laughs> Okay, so burning uh, versus uh, mercury. Uh, do we have a situation where we're being burned or we're just – it's already no, happened? I think this is aftermath. Victim? What's the most common – where mo- people most commonly burn severely? Is it like a house fire? Uh, actually, it's children are more frequently burned. Again, going through my list of, uh, of items here, every 7.5 minutes in North America, a kid is burned. Okay. Uh, like and from generally, grabbing a, something off the stove. Generally, they're scalds. That kid liquids, has to stop playing with matches. Um, being put in a tub – 
that's far too hot, too hot or okay. running the tap that's set at a crazy high temperature. Right. So it's scalded. It's going to be face, chest, hands, well, respiratory system. Should we say that uh, we went into a scalding bath? I- I'm saying the house fire and your at least 50% of your body has been burned. Car fire? Car, Car fire. fire. There you go. Like half your body is burnt. Right. You, you've gone through skin grafts and operations and all the rest of that stuff. You have some sort of like negative physical impact, but you're cognitively, you're fine. You're all there. You're, you're all just, there. You've got burn trauma. Chronic mercury poisoning where you are, you've got mood You're physically swings. and intellectually damaged. Yeah. Psychologically yeah. and just mentally. Yeah. You've got more cognitive problems right. than you do physical issues. Although you still have tremors and muscle atrophy and muscle weakness mm-hmm. and all the rest of that stuff. See, I lean towards the burns because of I have full cognitive function yeah. in theory. Yeah. But at the same time – And the- I'm not like an athlete or anything, so I don't use my body <laughs> anyway. What if what if you're, the movement in your hands is uh, damaged? Yeah, that's true. What if you Assuming get- you still have hands. Often Assuming the you still have parts of your body. Yeah. Your the fingers are the smallest po- parts of your body, yeah. but, of course, except for that 1%. Of course, your your replacement artificial hand could just have like a pencil. Don't even have fingers, just like, pencils, just, like Edward Pencil hands. You just, you just or multiple pencils, yeah. Each each one a different colored cra- pencil crayon. It's kind of like a spirograph. One of them is is your tablet. I don't uh, have to wait pointer. for a burn to get to get that done. <laughs> yeah, you might just I do like that where you're elective, going with that. Elective surgery. Yeah. yeah, I'm thinking for me, it's I'm looking at the near term of the burn. You, you know, it is part of living with your life, but the first few years after that, when you're getting the grafts right. and the fluid treatments, right. and your nerves are starting to grow back, that's a horrible. Right? And oh, it's it's yeah. it's a horror show. It's just excruciating. So you're gonna go with mercury poisoning as the lesser. Yeah. Now, never having had mercury poison. See, that's the thing. We have all had burns, we've but all had none burns. of us know what the symptoms of yeah. firsthand yeah. of mercury poisoning are. I think I'm Although with, I liked you, Kevin. <laughs> I think I'm with Torn. I think I, I would recover better from physical rehab. That as long as your full mental faculties are with you, you know, I can continue writing. I can just like, even if my fingers burn off, I can get a software that I can dictate right. a screenplay mm-hmm. to. Easier than I could for any like serious cognitive dysfunction. You could still podcast. I could still podcast you know, as a burn victim, but I, maybe not as a victim of mercury poisoning. I'm going to have to climb over to the fence after you reasoned that out. I, I would say yes that you have all your cognitive abilities. I agree with you. You 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 swayed me. Wow, that's the first time that's ever happened. <laughs> I, when we started this, yeah, it, it seemed it like was, a slam dunk. It, for... Well, it was hard for me to go. What could possibly? What could I possibly want? to avoid aside from being burned horribly now we're gonna go with the like kind of like the two-face you're burned all on one side of your body could be (laughs) it could be we're saying at least 50 percent of your body is burned and requires grafts and it's alan quite correctly pointed out the next couple of years after this event is going to be horribly horrible it's going to be hell on earth right but it's like it's it's really it's coming down to short term versus long term Mm -hmm. wow right and once you've recovered from your burn as much as you're going to recover yeah you you're all there. Go on about your life. Right. Yeah. yeah. You just and, kind of look like a two-face, perhaps. And our technology is getting better for... All the time. All the for time. dealing with burns, for dealing with loss of limbs. My job, I mean, I could figure out some way to type. With your if, little with, stumps. If I lost my little stumps. I, oh. Yeah, I really didn't think I was going to go for burning. I think it's but unanimous. It's the, it's the cognitive yeah. thing. I think but it's, it's really close. Yeah, it is. Like, yeah. And I, it's the way we've compartmentalized it. Yeah, too. exactly. I, yeah. I think that you could describe a burn that I would go, okay, that's not worth it. 
Like if we had gone a hundred percent and you lose your legs, or I don't know, but what it would take. But or, I know that there would be a burn that would make me go, okay, forget or it. Or if we said, Joe, you're only burned on one percent of your body, but it happens to be your genitals <laughs> oh that have God, been burned off. That would be two thirds of my genitals. <laughs> <laughs> or if it was the choice between experiencing the symptoms of mercury poison or being burned right now, choose one. Right. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> It's like if, if Alan pulls out this jerry can. He's like, choose right now. Drink this vial of mercury or I'm throwing this gasoline on you. You're the best guest ever. <laughs> we don't start the fires. I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame in your in my heart I have but one desire And that one is you No other will do I've lost all ambition for worldly acclaim I just want to be the one you love And with your admission That you feel the same I'll have reached the goal I'm dreaming of Believe me I don't want to set the world on fire I just want to start a flame in your heart. I don't want to set the world on fire, honey. I love you too much. I just want to start a great big flame down in your heart. You see, way down inside of me, darling, I have only one desire, and that one desire is you, and I know nobody else ain't gonna do. I've lost all ambition for worldly acclaim. I just want to be the one you love And with your admission that you feel the same I'll have reached the goal I'm dreaming of Believe me, I don't want to set the world on fire Just want to start a flame in your heart. In the news. 
February 2012. This is a brand new news article. All right. On his first tour of duty in Afghanistan, Sam Brown was set on fire by an improvised explosive device. He survived only to find himself, like thousands of other vets, doomed to a post-traumatic life of unbearable pain. Uh, even hallucinogenic-grade drugs offered little relief and little hope. Good-looking, athletic, goes off to Afghanistan, and then gets burns from this IED over a v- most of his body. I have one question. Yeah. The military has hallucinogenic-grade drugs? Yeah. Uh, they put him on ketamine, special K. What? Mm-hmm. There's the pain scale from yeah. 1 to 10, how bad is your pain? Uh-huh. While he was being treated, he was constantly at a 10. Like, right. they would have to wheel him into these showers to wash him every single day. Yeah. And he would beg them not to do it because it was the worst pain he'd ever experienced in his life. But they had to do it yeah, to do this. to keep him from getting infections and, they were, and all the rest of that stuff. And they were constantly doping him up to help him deal with the pain. And it was making him woozy. He was hallucinating. Uh, he thought that uh, he was back in Afghanistan and on a boat and or on a ship and that somebody was having a big orgy around him and somebody decided during it to pour kerosene on him and light him on fire. Like he was imagining different ways that he got set on fire. Oh, couldn't get over it. And then they offered him a chance uh, at an experimental treatment for his pain. Okay. And he signed up immediately. He didn't even care what it was. It couldn't get any worse, right? this, This can't get worse. Let's do it. They bring in a VR helmet and the computer okay. hooked up to it yeah. and lowered over his head. And it's this VR world that they call Snow World. And his first reaction was, this is pretty childish because there's little la, 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 la music and there's soft snowfall going down. And there's snowmen walking around. It's and just like that scene in The like Nightmare that. Before Christmas. It, <laughs> when it Jack's kind of going to Ghost of Christmas Land. It is a lot like that. And he What's thinks, this? What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? <laughs> so one of the snowmen reaches into its own hip and pulls off a snowball and throws it at him. Uh-huh. And he points at it and hits, hits the little mouse button and finds out he can shoot snowballs as fast as he can click. So he starts wandering around this little VR world and shooting snowballs. And he finds it's pretty easy, but as he comes back, things have all respawned. So he starts bouncing snowballs off of things to try and get angles working and kind of loses himself in it. So this is the VR version of Angry Birds, basically. Yeah. Like some really retarded game that shouldn't be as appealing as it is. Right. But, it, but, it, but it's given him something... <laughs> To, to think about. Yeah. So they pull him out of this and then they, they do the, the pain questionnaire afterwards. And his responses are all six. Out of 10 instead of out 10. Out of 10. Ooh. Instead of 10. And all it is is that he's just playing this VR game. But it's really an interesting read because you're finding out that we're finding newer and newer ways to deal with pain. We're finding out right. why pain works the way that it does. Uh, and it also describes a lot of what they've had to do to deal with uh, his horrible burns over most of his body and the reactions that he gets from people around him. So if you burn yourself in the, on the stove, just go play Pengo. That might actually be true. Pushing those giant ice blocks around. <laughs> well, I remember in college, my professor talked about her mother chopping wood outside and she missed one swing and hit her leg, but she didn't see it. But she also heard just nerve endings didn't fire or something and she just kept chopping wood and she carried it into the house and then thought, my leg is kind of wet. It's like not working right. Why is why is my leg wet? That's no. like when the coyote goes out and over she, the edge of the cliff and everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, until he looks down. down. Until he looks down, right. It's, and pain seems to be like that because she didn't feel any pain until she realized that her leg and her foot were wet, looked down and just saw this massive axe wound and 
blood gushing down, which is why it felt wet. Mm -hmm. And then she felt pain. My brother actually cut two fingers off on a table saw and carried on with what he was doing on the right side with his right hand. Why is my project red? And then it wasn't for a few moments that he looked over and exactly, why is everything red? And then noticed his two fingers were missing and then suddenly it was excruciating. Yeah, because you you probably, your body went into shock and so shut down your pain receptors and like, I don't want to feel that pain. So does this now mean that if I were to throw snowballs at you, that I'd just feel better about my day? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah probably. Probably that. for different reasons, though. <laughs> it's just because you're a dick. I've got something from June 2011 in Sacramento. Police arrested a North California mother Tuesday on murder charges. Ka Yang, 29, had claimed the six-week-old baby's death was caused by a seizure. The coroner determined the baby died from burns. However, it cannot be determined how she got them. After a three-month investigation that included consulting with several medical professionals and forensic specialists, police said they concluded that Mirabelle, the baby, died as a result of being burned in a microwave oven. Oh, uh, that is not. That right. is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I tried to warn you. Oh, God. So this woman put her six-week-old baby in the microwave? Police described the child as suffering extensive thermal injuries. Investigators had to pinpoint what they believe is the cause of death by looking for other cases involving similar injuries. They found three in the U.S., all after children were burned in a microwave in Ohio, Wait, Texas, so were, and Virginia. This has happened to other children? There's, yes. there's case histories yeah. to study. Yeah. Oh. The injuries were obviously very unique. There have been only three other documented cases in the country where the injuries were consistent with this case. Those children were also burned and placed in the microwave. What kind of a horrifying monster do you have to be to put a baby in a microwave? Yeah. Like, honestly. And, and this other incident in Virginia was kind of the same thing. There was, that she had claimed that there, that she had had a seizure. Yeah. Um, in some of these cases, the, the stories didn't add up on what happened when and, and why and so forth. I'm assuming Good it would Lord. be internal burns because the microwave tends to heat the food from the inside, the inside yeah, out. No, so that, that, that's not actually true. No, but it, you know, when you put meat just, or something in a microwave, yeah. it doesn't change its color. It just gets hotter. Yeah, yeah, because it attacks the water first. It's the water that yeah. cooks right. before so if solid you material. Did that to a child? They might almost look normal, uninjured. Yeah, exactly. Uninjured. I, I'm stunned. I'm actually, I, I, I'm at a loss for words. Which is the <laughs> for first you, time it's pretty remarkable. That's that this has ever happened. Like, this is monstrous. Like, yeah. absolutely monstrous. Did, did they ever, you know, pull a confession out of her or find out exactly why she did it? Or is it just one of these moms who you know, doesn't want to be burdened by... Postpartum depression? Kai Yang has three other children, all under age seven, who were removed from the home the day their sister was found dead. And um, they're living with relatives. But I'm not sure what uh, came of this case. But in the 1999 case in Virginia... Uh, she was, the mother was sentenced to five years in prison. Five years for putting your baby in a microwave. Again, uh, it her death. defense was that she had uh, had a seizure. Right. An epileptic seizure, I guess. Right. I, it was just one of these things where she claimed she had a blackout and then she woke up later. And I'm having a hard time thinking of anything worse well, than this. What the truth is, you know, only the mother will ever know. Mm-hmm. When you have an epileptic seizure, aren't you on the ground tensed up? Well, I'm sure there's different kinds. All, I, I mean, I've seen quite a few, but or... they've always been on the floor. Yeah. You know, I've, I've never seen anything else. I'm not like, saying there so isn't, but in my So was she on the floor and then the, the spasm made her fling the baby into the microwave and another spasm made her dial in five minutes and another one hit the start button like that how is this a defense yeah well, maybe i don't understand maybe i'm absolutely horrifying there's nothing i can contribute to this that will make yeah. it less horrifying well then maybe we should move on to pop culture <laughs>
Yeah, I think that's a good idea. See, Joe, there are things I can't crack wise about. Babies and microwaves. You're not a completely horrible so monster. So that's your benchmark. That, <laughs> that's the that's the bar the line that I will not cross. So you can make fun of kids at a burn camp. Post but not babies in microwaves. It's okay. the microwave because that's where he heats his Swansons. <laughs> oh. I'm assuming the baby's last name was Swanson. Swanson. Now you have gone too far. Uh pop culture. Messenger Joan of Arc. I actually quite like this movie. How did it end? In fire. <laughs> Spoiler alert. She gets burned at the stake. Crackle, crackle, crackle. We could cook her up. In the actual death of Joan of Arc, there are eyewitness accounts. And uh, after she expired, the English raked back the coals to expose her charred body so that no one could claim she had escaped alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, then burned the body twice more to reduce it to ashes and prevent any collection of relics, which I guess was popular at the time. Yep. And uh, they cast her remains into the Sien. La Sien. And her executioner was quoted as saying he greatly feared that he would be damned. Mm-hmm. Again, it's another victim of your own success kind of moments, right? Because uh, yeah. she was becoming too popular and she was, you know, the French noble establishment kind of didn't really like the sway that she was holding over the people and all the rest of that stuff and betrayed her. I'll tell you what I do remember about that movie is that guy with the big mace. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was and the cute little boyish haircut that Mila Jovovich had. What about Name of the Rose? Umberto Echoes. Who got burned in that movie? Ron Perlman. What for? Uh, Conspiring with devils, I believe it was, or demons. I don't remember the scene at all. I don't remember the movie much. How the Inquisition's in town. Was that the movie where we got to see Christian Slater's buttocks? Yes, it was. Okay. Thanks for I guess I do remember that that part. (laughs) Yeah. I remember him talking about how cold the floor was for that sex scene. It was just miserable. Two naked people who don't know each other pretending to be have passionate throws on, on a freezing cold floor yeah, while other yeah, people yeah. film it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's the movie that was kind of lampooned in Tropic Thunder. Uh, yeah. How so? Tobey Maguire and Robert Downey Jr.'s character, they have this kind of gay love affair in the priesthood. It was it was one of the films that uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character had done oh, before right. to win all those Oscars, and Tobey oh, Maguire okay. won, gotcha. won MTV Awards Best Kiss. What was the name of that movie within the movie? It was called Satan's Alley, <laughs> and it was about gay monks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, there was a different burning of their loins in that one than the one at the stake that Ron Perlman suffered in Name of the Rose. Right. Now, I watched Backdraft. Now, see, I remember seeing that when it came out in theaters, and I don't think I've seen it since. Yeah, same. I remembered it fondly. I mean, I was probably like, you know, 13 or 14 at the time. Yeah. Yeah, this is the 1991 action thriller starring Kurt Russell as fuck-up number one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Billy Baldwin. This is Billy Baldwin. He was like, fucker number two, yeah. or fuck-up number two. <laughs> this is his, his uh, you know, burst onto the scene as a De Niro is Baldwin. In De Niro plays the arson investigator. Who's been burned. Uh, burned on his back and his arms, so he had big scars there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Donald Sutherland as the arsonist, uh, arsonist from previous cases or whatever that he kind of consults and kind of like a... And he did that very well. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And uh, mm-hmm. he had like a burn burn patch on his head where his hair didn't come through. Mm-hmm. And those were definitely my two favorite characters. They're the only ones that I cared about, you know, seeing more or seeing what happened to. Because <laughs> the rest of the movie was the two brothers just kind of bitching at each other childishly. And uh, For the fire service, we don't really like it because it's kind of revealed to the public that instead of fighting the fire, we like to have axe fights in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People didn't need to know that. They shine a spotlight on yeah. that particular quality of the firefighting my, service. My only memory really of backdraft 
left is when they're done fighting the fire, every single one of them pulls out a cigarette and lights it up. Yeah, there was yeah. a lot of smoking in that you movie. Know, like not that, that long ago, that was yeah. really true. Yeah. Like, well, they're guess, all coughing and hacking from being in a fire full of smoke. And before they're even done, like, breathing clear, they light up cigarettes. I think maybe the theory was, if you're a firefighter, you're getting so much smoke anyway, smoking's not going to do any extra <laughs> that, damage. That's how it works, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, This so the plot was about firefighters in Chicago on the trail of a serial arsonist who sets fires with a fictional chemical substance, trictochlorate. Sure. I assume, I assume you haven't <laughs> heard of that chemical before. No, like adamantium. <laughs> yeah, it was the highest grossing film ever made about firefighters. Uh, really? so Beat Ladder 49, did it? That's... You, <laughs> uh, it's got Jennifer Jason Lee in one of her worst performances captured on film that I've ever seen. Wow. But she has sex with Billy Baldwin on the top of a fire truck. She sure does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So not very. So the redeeming quality. The redeeming is, quality is the cinematography. The fires look amazing, and they are the third other character that I wanted to see they, more. They of. emphasize <laughs> that the fire has a soul. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's coming for you. Do you feel that as a firefighter? Uh, you're too busy. Yeah. <laughs> Generally, a little too busy to go. Hey, look. Hold on a minute. Look at the soul Let's of that fire. Let's try and figure out what the fire wants. That's right. Then That's maybe right. we can come to an agreement where everybody's happy. We can give it some stuff to burn, <laughs> but we can keep it over in the corner where everybody's safe. The other thing yeah. that weirded me out, and this is right off the top, Kurt Russell played Kurt Russell's dad yeah. at the beginning of the movie. The movie started, Kurt Russell's have his big mustache, and then he dies. <laughs> yeah. I just couldn't get past that because it's obviously Kurt Russell. Yeah. yeah. And then the next scene... It's obviously Kurt Russell. It's just a, right. a really strong family resemblance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like basically a did, twin. Did they a, just hire some other actor who didn't work out and they went, just get Kurt in here and put a mustache on him. <laughs> Let's mustache. do it. Yeah. But that's, yeah. they've only got to pay Kurt Russell once. That saves two uh, paying out their Ooh. actor's wages. Yeah, we need, that's more fire money right there. There you go. More accelerant for the special effects department. Mm-hmm. I don't think they need it anymore. Uh, and also another firefighter movie would be Fahrenheit 451. Uh, excellent. I've never Wearing seen... the t-shirt right now, our uh, special guest. I, nice. I really like the book. The book is amazing. The book's great. I like the uh, the movie, and the best scene is probably the scene where the lady refuses to get off of the pile of books and chooses... The older to, lady. Yeah, the older lady chooses to be burned that's, by that's the firefighters. That's Montag's crisis of conscience, yeah, exactly. where he suddenly goes, why would someone sacrifice their life for paper? And for those listeners who may not be familiar with the story it's a kind of a dystopian future we talked about it a little bit on uh, our dystopia episode where books are banned and the firefighters instead of going out to fight fires because everything's fireproof now they go out to burn books that they yeah. find in people's houses Man. firemen in the firemen book. yeah and they, it's interesting in the book when he first meets the young woman she goes what's that smell and he goes oh i smell like kerosene that's mm. that's the smell he brings home from work is oh, fuel yeah. right yeah. good movie for yeah. the 60s. Even with the fire truck when they Did show you speeding up, that? they speed up the film during the... Yeah, that's kind of yeah. like a weird Benny Hill thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking the God <laughs> must be crazy. <laughs> a Nightmare on Elm Street, of course, the origins of Freddy Krueger right. is that he gets cornered in a building and they light the building on fire and that's how he dies and is sent to hell, which is why now that he's come back, you know, he's covered basically from head to toe in... Burn scars? Is that what they call them? Yeah. just call them burn scars? Scar tissue. Pretty yeah. famous pop culture character who's... a uh, Burn victim? But, Died by fire. And uh, groundskeeper Willie on The Simpsons was uh, a stand-in for Freddy. Same in, uh, same situation, yeah. Same situation. One of the Treehouse of Horror episodes. It was. He's just sitting on that chair burning yeah. because... Yeah. They won't let him speak at the PTA meeting until it's his turn and he just <laughs> wants to tell him he's on fire. <laughs> I uh, I really like the TV series Rescue Me, which features the firemen in New York, the FDNY, the one particular ladder, Ladder 62, 
the blackest comedy probably ever committed to television. Mm. Like it is, they do this unbelievable job of marrying horrible, horrible events with dark comedy. And what does the firefighter community think about this series? I think a lot of guys would like it off the air because it's, again, it's revealing a few too many things that... Well, you're not being you're not being sarcastic this time, though. You're actually being Yeah, genuine. guys are going, yike. You know, they, they talk about how do the advisors know about this stuff? Like, we thought this stayed within the firehouses. A lot of actual firemen that they work with are act basically as extras and supporting cast members. Uh, and they've got handfuls of ex-firefighters as their technical advisors. So I think they've gone to great pains to try and make it as... As genuine as possible in fact like when they were going in to fight the fires in the first season this studio was losing their minds because they were going into these fires and they were shooting them like what a firefighter would see when he was in a fire so it was pitch black and there was smoke everywhere and flame so everybody's backlit and they're all wearing gas masks and you couldn't see anything you could barely hear their voices and the studio was losing their minds because they're like it's not shot conventionally and you know we can't hear them we can't see their faces like yeah. they're backlit like it's dark and hazy you can't really you can almost can't tell what's happening right so they didn't fake it they didn't put super clear yeah. masks on oh. with did you ever see inside? la firefighters back in the early 90s no. did they do yeah. that oh they they never wore air packs. They didn't have visors on their helmets because you wanted to be able to see all the actors. Right. Fires didn't have smoke. You and know. so Rescue Me, they they were determined to be as realistic as possible. Mm-hmm. And there's people dying all the time. There's one actual sequence. There's a plot line. Um, one of the firefighters pulls a guy out and then the roof collapses on him. He gets burned horribly. And over several episodes, he's, he's, he's in a, a drug-induced coma and they keep cutting parts of his body off they keep, like he oh he lost a foot today and then we had to take his leg and then we took his hands and now we're taking his arms and just slowly but surely like over the course of like a half a season this guy just is like slowly but surely disappearing right and dennis leary goes in there and he just kind of like whispers in his ear he's like just go man just go you don't want to come back in this condition just it's time to go right and he has this whole like and it's really sincere and heart-rending and all the rest of that stuff. And then, of course, there's a dick joke like five seconds later that gets you laughing, right? Then, of course, we can briefly mention Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, he burns Where the, the Nazi uh, guy yeah. grabs the super hot amulet. The headpiece to the, the staff, staff of Ra. Staff of Ra. And those are second-degree burns? That would be third-degree Third-degree burns. Third degree burns. Ah, deep, nice. deep tissue burns. Ooh. Uh-huh. There might have even been some charring there. Uh, you, don't, you don't see the burn right away. You see it a little bit later after yeah. you've yeah. had some time to heal. I mean, they've movied that up quite a bit, but I, I, uh, I went to a call years ago in the military, and uh, it was a, an electrical burn, and uh, the fellow's dog tags had heated up enough that you could read them in the skin of his neck, in reverse of course. Oh, So they were, they were pretty hot. Yeah, I, I'm Imagine. hoping they healed up pretty good. You know, it's, it's akin to people that brand themselves. Right, yeah. 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 I guess that makes sense. becoming more popular. And then, of course, uh, Revenge of the Sith with Anakin yeah. Skywalker with and the, the lava. lava and everything. Just kind of one of the most important events in Star Wars history. In lore, in the lore of Star Wars. And it's just a huge fight scene and then, you know, one thing at the end. Yeah. Oh, now you're burning and I'm just going to leave you here because <laughs> I, we're friends. I don't need to wasn't... stand here and watch you die. <laughs> it certainly wasn't as I imagined it. When they discussed it in like the book, yeah. the yeah. novelization, and I, I actually didn't mind Revenge of the Sith. Certainly, out of the prequel movies, it was the least offensive. Well, it didn't yeah. have Jar Jar in it. Yeah, that's like saying getting stabbed in like the arm is not as bad as being stabbed in the face. Like <laughs> you're right, it isn't. But I stand I, by got that a point. But <laughs> I, I still don't want to give money to people who want to stab me in the arm. Oh, Firestarter. 
Oh, yeah. how can we talk about getting burned without bringing up Firestarter? <laughs> I've watched that this week as well. Oh, I've actually too. never seen it, so I did really? not watch it this week. You don't know what you're missing. <laughs> it's not bad. It's 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 good, but it feels a little... It hasn't aged well. I what is it? No, We've talked not at about all. that with a lot of things. It's Drew the, Barrymore, the right? The best part is... And George is, C. Scott. Yeah, and George C. Scott as... I think he's supposed to be Native American. What? His name is like Cloud River or something like <laughs> yeah. that. No. John. I think in the book Feather? he was First Nations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's like... This is basically like the Weapon X project yeah. done in the 70s. Right, okay. All right. <laughs> and they create this serum or whatever, the this experimental drug that turns – that gives people superpowers. Yeah. Okay. Psych- su- psychic superpowers. But they can't control – yeah, but they can't control them. Uh-huh. So these two people in the study who don't die horribly mm-hmm. get together and have a kid and she's the fire starter. Right. Mm-hmm. And he had the power to control people's minds, the father. Pre-cog- oh, so they're both Precognition kind of dominance. But it really hurt him. Like he had to concentrate and he got a nosebleed. Like it took a lot out he of him. He was stroking out. Yeah. 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 As the movie progressed – it's basically about the government trying to get her father and her mother back. Yeah. Yeah. No, her, mother, Mar- her mother dies. And Martin Sheen plays everything that's bad in the government. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, it's a re- and all the agents are super incompetent and have no backbone. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like she is, is causing their bullets to bounce off them, and they're, but they're still shooting. And yeah. then they're just, don't burn me, don't burn me. And of course they get burned. The ending is definitely the best part of the film. Yeah. There's flaming fireballs the fire. destroying <laughs> houses and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. But the actual story arc feels very old. Like like nothing important really happens. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just very by the numbers. Like yeah. they meet, they fall in love. We need to have the scene where it de- describes this. Now she's gone. Now it's a big chase to catch them. And then they catch them and they try to fool them, but then it doesn't work and there's a big showdown. Like, yeah. it, it feels like it It should have been the 30-minute setup yeah. to a then one-and-a-half-hour-long movie that this was the, let's get the origin out of the way, now let's tell a real story. Right. Like, it didn't feel like a complete story. It felt like the setup to one or kind something Kind of like, like many that. other Stephen King movies based yeah. on Stephen King novels all have that kind of a lot of them have mm-hmm. that kind of quality but it wasn't bad it was still interesting yeah. and back in the time when it came out there was nothing like it You did, this was the equivalent right. of, of a good superhero movie mm-hmm. right like it didn't have ridiculous spandex right it didn't have the we've got to save the world like this little girl is setting people on fire and <laughs> killing them yeah. and she feels bad about it but then she does it again because <laughs> she has to so that part of it is really great Okay, and the part where George C. Scott is like he's he's the agent kind of wild card assassin guy. Like even even the government can't control him, but he's, they need he's him. He's mad. He's quite yeah. mad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He <laughs> they, they get to that at the end, and it's he's he's an interesting character, uh-huh. even though he's clearly not even Native American in any sense. <laughs> yeah, but his hey, his hey, interactions. He had, a, he had a ponytail. <laughs> that's true. He did have a ponytail. <laughs> so, but his interactions with Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore mm-hmm. Uh, he was pretending to be just the cleaner, and he would go into her sequestered room and try to gain her trust and friendship. Yeah. That was probably the most interesting part of the yeah. film, mm-hmm. except for the giant fireballs at the end. Yeah, <laughs> the special effects were very good for, for, for the time. time yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, okay. you know what? Even now, I think they still hold. Yeah, up. I saw the, that true. particular scene not that long ago, and I went, eh, "It's still pretty good." Well, let's move to comics. Pyro, Pyro from, from the from the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Yeah, and featured heavily in the X-Men 2 and X-Men 3 movies. True, very mm-hmm. true. Uh, where he starts out um, paired up with the X-Men, but then gets turned by Magneto and yeah. then joins him on his uh, quest for world domination in the third movie. Well, anyone who loves fire that much, you know they can't be a superhero. Yeah. Is to that, be a superhero, what? you have to be on fire like the Human Torch. What was the, what's the Japanese guy's name? Um, Sunfire. Sunfire. 
Oh, yeah, I guess he had fire right. powers. He wasn't on fire. I'll take it back. But it, as Torn points out, it's hard to be a good guy with fire powers because yeah. fire, hi, stop the fire, but or stop the bank robbery, but now the bank's on fire. Yeah, well, they got around <laughs> that because he would always like throw down the like the corrals of fire to like hand right. people in and stuff like that and blah blah blah. Yeah, you have to have really fine manipulation of fire yeah. to, to save set people, the on to fire. save people's lives, and it tends to resist that. Fire <laughs> yeah. doesn't like to be controlled. Yeah, well, this is why I actually preferred the X Men comics to pretty much most other Marvel titles because the X-Men really seemed to be the only title that was willing to go a little darker, right? That was yep. willing to kind of push that envelope that they would, they killed the characters all the time, right? You know, air of veracity. Well, they uh, killed them for a while. Oh, Thunderbird stayed killed. <laughs> Thunderbird stayed dead, but he was native American. But his brother so. came back. Yeah. 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 Spider-Man killed his girlfriend. That's hard to beat. That's yeah. true. In Good Omens, the novel, uh, which I think I mentioned in our Demons episode, yes. uh, written by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, there is a witch from the 17th century who's written a book of prophecy. And her name is Agnes Nutter, and her book is called The Nice and Accurate Prophecies of Agnes Nutter, Witch. Unlike every other book of prophecy, this one's right. This one is completely uh-huh. accurate. It's yeah. just that she's out of her mind. But Agnes actually saw her own death. Oh, really? She was burned at the stake by a mob. Knowing this, she packed 80 pounds of gunpowder and 40 pounds of roofing nails into her petticoat. Oh, nice. So she became a human IED. Yeah, exactly. She killed everybody who was around the burning, was killed instantly. When you're in jail, where do you get the 80 pounds of gunpowder and nails to pack in your Because they probably held her for a few days before they... Well, she was a witch. Well, it was her petticoats. Nobody would dare look in a woman's (laughs) petticoats. There's that. Sir, this is the 17th century. Obviously, Joe wasn't one of the guards. No means no, Kevin. (laughs) No means kapow. Also, I don't really go for witches that much. (laughs) Turnoffs? Sorcery. (laughs) Black magic. Say, Axandle, recording the Horse Track Hooligans program really leaves my throat raw and irritated. I've got just the thing for that. The Caustic Soda Radio Hour. A richer, bolder, more pleasing podcast. Say, is that the one with the unfiltered, full-bodied recording by Mr. Mike Leeson Esquire? Say, it sure is. Now, can I find that at my local pharmacy or dry goods store? (laughs) You'll only find a barrel of crackers or plug tobacco there. No, Caustic Soda can be found at causticsodapodcast.com. Will there be Gibson Girls there? Heck no, but you could find videos, pictures, links, and even caustic soda ringtones for your wireless set. That sounds great. Say, how much is this going to cost me? That's just it, Flatcap. Caustic soda is free to download. But if you like what you hear, feel free to make a donation. Yeah, a few spondulics will keep the gas lights on and the laughs at full gallop. And if you don't agree that caustic soda is the richer, smoother, more pleasing podcast, send your questions and comments to info at causticsodapodcast.com and rate and review them on iTunes. Caustic Soda Podcast, a superlative blend of science and comedy with almost no polio. <laughs>